Hello and welcome to episode three of Little Science Talks. I'm Heidi and I'm the founder of Little Science Co. And in my day job, I work to make clinical trials more inclusive. And I'm Anna, freshly baked marine biologist about to start work in the renewable advice sector. In season one, we are speaking to scientists from around the world to find out if and how generational influences shape their choices of a STEM career. In our last episode, we spoke to Diana Githwee uh, on her experiences as a PhD student so far and the importance of backing yourself. For episode three, we are catching up with Brooklyn-based chemist Kiara Whittle, who, despite having some STEM experience growing up, lacked outside influences looking like herself. In Kiara's own words, a Black child who was also considered a nerd. We'll also bring up some amazing opportunities for STEM outreach that you might not have thought about before. For example, is anyone up for a pen pal whose future that you can help shape? Remember to follow Little Science Co. on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Everything is at Little Science Co. And take a look at our lovely new website, including new products over at littlescienceco.com. For now, we hope you enjoy this episode and remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to make sure that you don't miss any future episodes. Hello and welcome to Little Science Talks. Today we are joined by the fantastic Kiara Whittle. Kiara, do you want to start things off by introducing yourself? First of all, I'm so happy you said my last name right, because when I tell you I get all types of pronunciations for it, the, my favorite one is white. Oh, no. I don't know how people just disregard the other letters, but white is what it is. Um, so hello, everyone. My name is Kiara. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Yay. So um, this is this is an interesting collaboration. I am a chemist. Uh, I work for a robotics company, and I automate bioassays for diagnostic tests and things like that. So it's pretty cool. Super cool, like beyond cool. The Whittle thing I get because my <laughs> old flatmate had the same name, so I was like, ah, I get this one. Like I know this one. <laughs> right. I always have to tell people say little and then place replace the L with a W H so they get it. Otherwise. <laughs> You have to like handhold people, With right? Why? Jeez, man. Anyway, cool. <laughs> chemist of a robotics company. That sounds intense. Like, is it fun? Like, what is what does your normal day look like? It is kind of fun. So I'll be honest. I just started. I'm like a month fresh into the job because I just started like in July. Thank you. So it's kind of fun dealing with the robot. And when I say robot, people think it's like this thing walking around on wheels or something like that, you know, just doing everything for you. Um, It just automates the process, processes for us kind of thing. But it's fun, like programming it and telling it what to do. Like I'm learning how to code better. And then I, I never knew, like I knew you could mix science and tech kind of like that, but I've never done it for myself. So when I started here, I was like, oh, this is so cool. So I was hitting up on my computer science friends like, this was so cool. I see why you like this stuff now. (laughs) I should have listened to you earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I know I should have did this earlier, but here we are. I understand now. (laughs) So it was was great. It's great so far. That is like super cool. Like how, so I'm guessing does the robotics thing come in to like make the science quicker or faster or easier? Like, is that... Yeah. So the whole premise of the company is to make scientists spend less time at their bench and focusing more on like the research part of what they're doing kind of thing. So instead of you taking a million hours to pipe at something, you just tell your robot to do it for you while you're moving on to something else kind of thing. It makes multitasking so much easier. 
I just heard like 17 million PhD students around the world just being like, yes, this sounds incredible. <laughs> Make everyone do this. Every- <laughs> everyone needs one in their company. I'm telling you, even when I interviewed for this company, I told my supervisor at my previous job when I was leaving, I was like, listen, um, I think you need to utilize their equipment here because it would make things so much easier here. And everyone would be so much happier. I'm still leaving, but everybody would be so much happier. I'm still leaving, but hey, I'll make it better for the people I've left behind. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's so good. All right, so how did you get into it? Like, what was your last job? What's your kind of, what's your CV like? Oh, you know what? It's getting long. Um, I'm actually surprised at myself when um, I have a, a friend that does um, resumes and CVs. Her name is Ariel. So when she was doing mine, she was like, you know what? Um, this might have been the first CV. I didn't understand everything that was going on because there was so much science jargon. I was just like, this sounds cool. All right, let's put that. This sounds great. Let's put that. I was just like, oh, man, <laughs> I'll explain anything you need me to do. Um, but my previous job, uh, I worked in a manufacturing lab and there we did, um, COVID testing kits. Um, I was over the cancer HPV product line. So I did a lot of reagent prep and stuff like that for those type of diagnostic kits. And then once the pandemic happened, it was just like this door of opportunities just opened up because everybody needs a scientist in their lab to run <laughs> some type of PCR test yeah. or something in regards to COVID. So it was kind of like, we was like, in high demand type of thing. That's good. So it was, it's been, you know, it's been, it's been an interesting ride. I'll tell you that. But the last company definitely put me in a position to do what I'm doing now. So that's really good. Like I, obviously the pandemic has not been, it's not been a good thing. Right. We can all agree on it's that. It's not. But uh, it's good that like some good has come out of it and you've been able to like get new opportunities and kind of find this new thing that sounds super cool. Yeah, I know it's been terrible for the most part but the advances that it's put for like science and medicine has been crazy like wild yeah it's like science has been on like super speed it it feels like it everyone's just like aged like 10 years <laughs> in the past like two years oh my god like, wow this oh, has my been god. A oh my god past 18 months jeez <laughs> i can't even believe we're coming up on almost two years yeah it's mad right it's absolutely mad hopefully we're kind of towards the end of it I don't know I don't know what's the joke anymore but I'm tired of the joke let the punchline fall already <laughs> anyway enough of COVID I promised people we wouldn't talk about it too much right <laughs> um, oh, I'm so sorry <laughs> no no you're like you talk about it in a cool way because you actually make it good <laughs> like if there's nice things <laughs> happening as a result of COVID <laughs> we're just whining hi Dan I <laughs> oh god yeah all the time yeah so I guess the, the theme of this series is kind of like generational influence and how people got into science and whether generational influence has like an impact on what scientists do in their careers. Um, so when you got in touch, you mentioned that like your grandmothers and your grandfather were kind of STEM inclined. So yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like what impact did that have on you? So I actually have a funny little story for this. Both my grandmothers were nurses at Harlem Hospital in New York. And they didn't know that they would be in-laws. So they knew each other before they actually realized they were in-laws. Oh, that's cute. That's really cute. Yeah. So it's a, it's, I guess it was kind of meant to be sort of thing. Um, so my grandma, she was a, a head nurse at Harlem Hospital. And she has all these like 
medical books and drug books and um, things like that. So when I was little, I just used to come upstairs to their bookshelf and pick up a book and read it. Um, my grandfather was on the tech side. He worked for a tech company and they bought me my first chemistry set. And I'll never forget because <laughs> the chemistry set had these shrimp eggs to do this project with. And my dad is highly allergic to shellfish. <laughs> so if I had to grow these shrimp eggs, it was so crazy. If I had to grow these shrimp eggs, I had to do it in private because he couldn't know and he couldn't <laughs> touch it or be around it or anything like that. So it was really in there like the Texas laboratory. Uh, in elementary school, we had science fairs and my first project ever was the tornado in the bottle. Love that. Yeah, with like a Mentos and the Diet Coke. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. When you put the water in the bottles and you tape it and you shake it up, to make it the tornado in the bottle. Okay, get you, yeah. So, um, and I ended up, I ended up winning first place. I promise you, well, I, I can't remember what I said during the presentation to present my project, but whatever I said, the next day my science teacher came up to my mom and my dad and was like, your daughter has a gift. Wow. I don't know how I presented this. I was, I was in like first grade, so I don't <laughs> know what I said, but I was in like first grade. <laughs> Jeez. So um, ever since then, like, you know, my parents, unfortunately, there weren't as many opportunities as like for me as there are for kids now type of thing. But my parents always found a way to like fester our hobbies and make sure we, you know, had things to keep us growing and what we like to do. And like they cared about our interests and things like that. So um, moving on to high school, I was in biology and I kept getting like, I don't even know how this is possible, but I kept getting like if we had a test, it was like 102, 104, 102, 104. And so, you know, my parents, they used to check on my grades. So I'm showing my mother these grades. And she's <laughs> like, what is going on? Not that she wasn't proud, but she was like, something's not right. She was like, are you, are you being challenged? And I was just like, no, because, you know, it was easy. So yeah. I would fall asleep in class at the time because it's like, all right, I know this stuff. I'm going to take a nap now. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we had a, <laughs> we had a new parent breakfast at school and my parents went, and she walked up to the principal and she was like, um, my child's not being challenged enough. Something needs to be done here and whatever. And um, I do not know if anyone listening is familiar with the New York City high school selection process. But when you pick your high schools, you apply to programs. And I applied for at this my high school. I went into for the arts program because they none of the high schools really had anything geared towards science except for we have these things called specialized high schools which you have to take a test for that and that's a whole nother story for a different day so I went into my high school under liberal arts and the principal tells my mom oh well we have this research science program and my mother is like all right put my daughter in that so <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even get a say I didn't even get a say it was just like yeah we need that right now so um the next day like all my classes changed and I was in this program now so we had research biology chemistry and physics and the whole premise was that towards the ending of our high school journey, we would be shadowing scientists to participate in the National Science Fair, which was Intel. So that was the first science fair nationally that I ever participated in. Really cool experience. That is so cool. Yeah. It was really dope. Now that I think about it, I met all my best friends in that program, still friends to this day. And... Like I had this really great chemistry teacher and that is what made me pick chemistry for college because Mr. Deutsch was <laughs> phenomenal. You see a pattern, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Teachers kind of have a big deal, huh? <laughs> yeah. they, they do because when you have a good one and they care about you and they do everything they could 
to make sure that you understand. Like, I'll never forget. He was trying to teach us about like, I think it was atoms or something bouncing around. And so he was like bouncing around into different things in the classroom. And he like boosted his hip. That's because he was going so hard about it. <laughs> but he, you know, it's, it's teachers like that that make me be like, yeah, okay, this stuff is great. And yeah, this is this is what I want. So that is that's like, how we got here. It is, it's so, like the last episode that we did, we, we were speaking to Diana Gittery and she was talking about how her biology teacher was really good. So she went into biology and like, that is a massive influence. Like whether you go into like biology, chemistry or physics and it just so happens that your teacher was in chemistry. And so you're like, okay, yeah, chemistry is the one. <laughs> it's just such a massive like power that a teacher has. And if you have a bad one, like obviously then it goes the other way, right? Right. It's so crazy how bad teachers take the experiences of children. It's just, because you could, you could be interested in something, whatever it is. And you meet that one teacher that tells you like, oh, you can't do it or don't get your hopes up or something like that. And then it's just like, all right, well, now I'm not going to do well. Yeah. Even if you try, like if you have a bad teacher, it's just hard. I remember when I was a kid and um, I had this math teacher and every like exam that I ever did, like every test that I did, she used to write on it, Mrs. Underachiever. Oh. And I was like, dude, like I'm 12. I'm not, wow. I'm not Mrs. Anyone. <laughs> like, leave it out with the underachiever thing. What are you doing? My mom was just like, she was like, she's the worst teacher in the world. Like you are not going to, she was like, I'm going to get you a tutor instead. Like, because this woman was just freaking evil. But yeah, like the impact is massive. Cause now, even if I'm doing like math stuff in my job, I'm like scared of it <laughs> because like you just, like you have that like little thing in you playing that in the back of your head yeah terrible and I mentor kids now so I make sure that I always tell them that they can do something and whenever someone like comes up to me and they go oh you know a lot of my kids call me Miss Kiki or Miss Kiki so they're like oh Miss Kiki oh I want to be like you when I grow up and I always tell them be better even with my own little brother like he always says he wants to he wants to be like he wants to be like me I was like no don't be like me be better because you can be better than me. I'm training you so that you can be better than me. I'm trying to lay the blueprints so you know how to take this higher type of thing. That's such a nice way to like, to encourage people. Like, yeah, you know, I'm good, but you can be even, even more good. Like, exactly. Further, you, can, yeah. you can be better. I can be the stepping stone. How did you get into like the mentoring thing that you mentioned? So my mother, I love her to death. She loves to brag about me and my brother. Like, you know how you, they say when you can feel when people are talking about you because your ears are probably ringing? Yeah. My ears probably ring nonstop because my mom talks about us nonstop. <laughs> and, um, you know, she's always talking about these things that we're doing. And a lot of her coworkers and friends would reach out to me to, um, would you sit down and talk to my kid? Especially their daughters. Not even just about science, but about what you're doing in life. Because it was, I was on, I'm on a positive track type of thing. Yeah. Um, when I was in undergrad, we had this club called the Tri-State Club, and we would go to local schools in the area and talk to the kids, especially about like our majors and our fields and things like that. So, of course, I'm walking up to the school to talk to kids about science. And when I have children that look like me tell me that they don't think that they can do math or they don't think that they can do science or science is boring type of thing, you know, and not saying that science is not boring because I know to most people science is boring, but it's also the fact that nobody takes the time to be like, listen, you can be good in everything. You don't just have to dribble a basketball or throw a football yeah. or something like that. Like you can be good across the board and nobody takes the time to do that with STEM fields. 
it's just like a certain type of child is supposed to be good in math and science and the other type is supposed to be good in everything else and fail at math and science type of thing. Yeah, 100%. And um, probably about three years ago, I think I was scrolling on Instagram or Google or something. I don't even know how I stumbled across this program, but it's called Letters to Pre-Scientists. Oh, yeah. And what they do is they match STEM professionals with children and you become pen pals. So for the past few years, I've been writing kids like, you know, about science and what I do. And I've gotten things like, oh, my God, I never knew adults could be so cool or (laughs) you make this sound so fun. (laughs) Um, I can't wait to do this and I can't wait to do this in high school and study this in college. And I'm just like, this is what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be putting in these babies that like you can do whatever. And a lot of the things, reasons why kids don't like to do certain things is because it used to be a crime to be smart. Like people used to make you feel bad because you were smart or because you understood something at a certain level. And it's just like, it's, it's cool to be smart. Just like a school to be a scientist. You can still be a cool person, right? There's so much in science too. Like when kids say science is boring, I'm always right. like, which bit have you looked at? Because there's like there's so many different parts to it that it's like, yeah, some of it really is, but some of it really isn't. <laughs> like, yeah, there's so it much. Is. To it is. Some no, some of it is boring, like you know, but some of it is fun. Like I'm writing my my last pen pal from the last school year, because we're about to start up for the school year again. And um She's like, can you teach me how to do that experiment that they see on TV? So at first I'm like, experiment that you see on TV. <laughs> and she's talking about elephant tooth. She was talking about elephant toothpaste. And I don't know if you've ever seen oh, like, yeah. sometimes on the news, they have like the little science segments. And it's when they have like this colorful foam soapy thing that's shooting out of this container. Everything <laughs> they call that elephant toothpaste because it's so big. So I'm like, okay. So I'm writing her out all the instructions and I'm like, make sure you ask your parents you can do this because I don't need you saying Miss Kiki told me to do it and then you mess up everything in the house. I don't need that. <laughs> Struck off the letters to a pre-scientist list. <laughs> right? Like you can't write no more. Um, so I gave her all the instructions. I said, make sure you get parental instruction. I said, listen, if your parents, they can call me, that's fine. So she did it. I know she she said she made a mess too. She was like, I couldn't take any pictures because it was so messy, but it was fun. <laughs> I was like, that's all that matters. You enjoyed it. Like, that's all that matters. You enjoyed it. Yeah, like as long as there's, there's some excitement and stuff there, like that's just like the little seed of something for the future, right? So you don't know what she's going to be doing in the future. Maybe she's going to be like, I don't know, optimizing that elephant toothpaste thing. <laughs> it's like the show on Netflix, like Emily's um, Science, like Wonderlab. Have you guys heard about oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that and I told myself I need to watch it. Yeah. I saw her on Twitter, I think, because she was, I'm pretty sure they announced that like there wasn't going to be a second season and then all the science scientists of Twitter like went crazy about it because like there needs to be. So maybe there will be because there was like a big outcry. Growing up, there wasn't really like much of that for us, right? I can't Yeah, really no. Remember. I can't remember anything like that. Uh, we had Bill Nye, the science oh, guy, yeah. but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well. I think they did science experiments. I don't know if you guys ever watched Zoom. No, I don't know if we had that. Yeah, there was a there was a show when yeah there was a show when I was younger called Zoom, and I feel like they had a segment for science, and they used to do little cute science experiments. It's like it's just it's just about like seeing adults just like mess around, just like play, and see what happens, and like making that part of science. Right. See, that's what I liked about when I told you guys about my grandparents, even my parents, like when we had science projects, 
it might not have been as fun for my brother because my brother is the creative child and I am the scientific child. So my mother has the best of both worlds going on over here. <laughs> I bet she's like so good at boasting about the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Um, my parents had so much fun doing my science projects with me. Like you would have thought it was their project. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's what, that was with homework and projects across the board. Like my parents were so engrossed Whatever you did, you would have thought it was their homework at a point in time. Like, man, who's the one at school here? Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of parents are like that. Like my, so I'm, I was kind of like the sciencey child, but my dad and my mom are like the creative parents. So if I had like a creative project, they were they were straight in like, let's do this and print this and make this and did it. Like they loved it more than I did. So yeah, I think parents kind of, you're almost teaching a parent at the same time as you're teaching a kid, right? It's true. My mother felt like she was in school over again. She was like, all right, time for third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, let's go. And I'm like, man, I thought I was the one going to the school, but okay. Actually, both of my parents went to high school for civil engineering and architecture and things like that. So they have like that technical background. So I don't know my parent. my dad is probably the only dad I know that has a T-square on hand in house. (laughs) And he will pull it out when it's time to do a project. He's like, all right, I got it. And I'm just like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, he's going to be so serious about this whole thing. Honey, <laughs> you have all of this to look forward to. Oh, gosh, my four-year-old, um, she's teaching me about the planets. <laughs> Cute. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> that's probably the cutest thing. <laughs> so she she obviously knows their order. And honestly, I don't really. So she goes and asks <laughs> What planet comes after Mercury, mummy? <laughs> Pluto, not a planet anymore. Oh man, Pluto. She's gonna oh. she's not even gonna grow up like with the the Oh no, because Pluto isn't a planet. Oh no. This <laughs> is so bad. Like she's gonna just be sitting there like, yeah, no, Pluto's not. And we're all sitting like a whole generation is behind her going like it was once when we were young. <laughs> Used to be a planet. Wild, absolutely wild. So that's cool though. Like I'm going to, I'll make sure that I put the um, letters to a pre-scientist like details and stuff in the show notes. So if anyone wants to sign up. and uh, Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. How long have you been doing it for? This is, I believe my third school year coming up. Do you get to follow them like after, well, like after the year is over the school year, do you get like a follow-up? What are they up to or how old are these kids? I wish we did. To be honest with you, I really wish we did. I do give the children my information and I also make sure that they tell their parents that if they ever have any questions or they want to reach out to me, even if they just want to talk, you know, you can contact me. Your mom or your dad can email me saying that so-and-so wants to say this to you, anything like that. Um, but we do get like thank you letters from the kids. So there's like pictures that they draw holding up saying thank you and, you know, things like that. So it's really cute. That is adorable. So cute. It is. It's it's a great thing. So, is it just the U.S. or is it like the whole world? Like, no, it's the whole world. Actually, they have pen pals from everywhere. Cool. Everywhere, both nationally and internationally. So, I think there's a thing called Skype a scientist as well. Oh yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah. Um, Where you like Skype into a science classroom? Yeah, my supervisor. Yeah, she said it was really good. So we can put that in the links as well. Yeah. Right. Gotta gotta get the babies on board so that way they can see that you can still be a cool adult and like science and math and technology and all that good stuff. 
feel like being a cool adult is like the most pressure. <laughs> like, like I'm still sitting here being like, I'm 17. I'm not 17. I'm 29, and it's terrifying. But, <laughs> but like, I'm still like, no, oh, really. God. I swear, I'm young. I promise, I'm cool. Oh do you have any like science related pet peeves that we can go on off on a tangent with science re- oh yes i do actually oh, look, um, she's I have animated the thing with now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh do you hear it coming up yeah. oh, i have a thing with 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 the pie pet tips i do not like when you know how you take something out one by one out of a container yeah i do not like when people take it out of random spots in the container because it just looks weird to me <laughs> I always I just I have I have this constant battle with my coworkers. like why couldn't you just go in order and you had to mess up the order in the pipe pet tip thing there's like a meme where it's like all the different like configurations of when people have taken the tips out it's like wild card and then like the organized one yes oh my god yes I do that and I do that I do that to my coworkers, and I'll print it out and post it in the lab like this is normal people and this is serial killers. <laughs> you guys are borderline serial killers at this point. Because what are you doing? Like, I just don't understand. And I don't like when people don't clean up their lab areas. Yeah, that's just rude. They'll do an experiment, but everything will be everywhere. Like, just have a little organization. Like, I'm always the one moving things out the way or picking it up and putting it somewhere. Because I'm like, I don't even feel like this follows lab safety right now. You just have everything here. My last job, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I used to have to just take moments because I would come and like um we they used to measure out a lot of sodium chloride and on the scale there would be crystals of salt everywhere and I'm just like so nobody wanted to wipe this up we just leave this here like what is happening what if this was something I couldn't touch who raised you (laughs) (laughs) and basically that's what we went up with it's like who raised you you don't even belong in here (laughs) oh my god any coworker of mine would tell you that I used to go off about things not being put properly or something being spilled someplace and everybody walked past it and just looks at it instead of cleaning it up. And you probably <laughs> I'm like living it, with like, my toddler and partner. And the pipette. And the- <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yes. And the pipette tips. It's always going to be the pipette tips for me. Always. I feel like you need to like, I don't know, let that go. Like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I probably do. I probably do, but it's it's really not that hard to go in order. So yeah, it's just like, man, what's what is going? Maybe it is me. Maybe maybe I'm the problem because I want it to be in order. And when you're in when you're in the zone, you just work. You just picking up something and just going. I can get that. To be fair, like so when I so I don't work in the lab anymore. But when I used to, I was like I would go in order. Like I would go up the road and then like down and then back up. So it was like it was always like in a like it was sensible, right? And it would do my head in when people didn't do that. So I get you. I totally get you. I just haven't been in the lab, so I'm not as angry as you. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's especially when you're coming from muscle memory because you're used to just going one over, one over. Then it's like you put it a pipette down and there's no tip there. So then you're just like, wow, who did this? (laughs) People also don't like to fill up the pipette tips either. Like if you use them all, replace it. That's another pet peeve. Whenever somebody uses something and they don't want to replace it, whether it's a reagent, a pipette tip, or something like why do I have to come and make ethanol when you could have just made the 70% because you used the last of it like I don't understand we used to make well I say we it was like we were the interns so we used to have to fill up the pipette tips and like make the reagents and stuff because in the lab that I was in they would just make all the interns do it all the time like this is so boring I'm not I'm not like learning anything I'm just putting bits of plastic from one bag into a different (laughs) box help me out 
I'm so sorry. I've had my I've had my fair share of those days. And I'm just like, man, I'm worth so much more than this. I need to do better. I'm past this. I've built this career. I don't need right, to I am you. way past this. Does the robot do that as well? Right. Like, <laughs> like, why am I doing Does the robot like fill you up a pet tip box up too? No, it would be nice if it did, but it doesn't. It does discard of the tips though. So okay. I like that. It puts it in the trash. Enter. Um, there's a little trash section on it. But yeah, no, it doesn't. It would be nice if it did, but no, you have to physically change the box for it. But Maybe like okay. that's like the next upgrade for the company. Maybe. I don't mind because the robot goes in order. <laughs> it actually has no choice, but it goes in order. So I, don't, I don't mind it because the robot goes in order. If the robot went in like wildcard state, you'd be like, I'm sorry, I cannot take this job. You've created a monster. Oh. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what is this? Who operates like this? Like, how do you sell this to customers? How are they not off the rocker because this is doing this like i would be upset up and chose violence like uh-uh. like basically <laughs> i would think the robot is broken if i was a client like is this supposed to be this? <laughs> i can imagine you being on like the phone to the help section like excuse me it went left and then right what's going on <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god anyway okay <laughs> let's move on from the science pet peeves so that is a good segment maybe we should have that like as, in, as yeah, like a standard bit of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i bet it's all going to be about pipettes though yeah so i guess like with your grandparents and stuff you kind of mix like what they do and like together so you do like biology related stuff and chemistry related stuff and tech stuff together right yeah so what do your parents do like how did they like was was there an influence from them or were they just like super enthusiastic and just like helping you throughout? Oh man. So my mom does everything. It's amazing that she stuck to one profession, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my mom is actually a chef. Oh, cool. My dad works for um, a health organization out here. But at one point, my mom really wanted to be a dentist. So the medical and science thing she has like down packed. My dad is just like this with kid genius that um, everyone didn't know what you were doing in this grade, but you're here. You should be higher than this type of thing. Cool. I guess like being a chef is kind of chemistry, though. Oh, definitely. And and creative in the same time, because my mom comes yeah. up with some things and she'll put out a spread and it's just like, wow, this is gorgeous. Oh, we're so lucky. So what, what I will say is that I've been benefited a lot because I had two very hands-on parents especially academically and like I said before my anything we took on my parents took on like it was their own and my mom always told us that you should do homework with a difference I love that um and I've applied that to like every aspect of my life that's a really cool like channel it differently yeah <laughs> she's actually up there she just said I heard a reference to me <laughs> Hi, Kara's mom. Hi, Kara's mom. <laughs> they said hi, mom. <laughs> Shout out. She's, She's telling you how great it was. She's over there grinning now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she yeah, she always told us to do homework with a difference. And I just took that and applied it to everything across the board. You seem like a good kid. Like you do you do what she told you to do. Yeah. You know, I, I I tried. You know, I, I tried to I tried to stay in line and stuff like that. You know, I'd like to think that I listened very well. But she's giving you a look again now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, she she she's she's over there blushing so random. She had to turn her head. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> she had to turn her head, but yeah. <laughs> no. 
So, you yeah, know, I, I like to you. think that I listened to them very well. They, they, they gave good guidance. Yeah. So you also have your own podcast, right? I do. Oh man. <laughs> how did that start? Like, how did it, how did you do it? Oh, wow. Okay. So my co-host is one of my good friends, um, Martin, and he is actually a personal trainer and he's in the um, Air Force. And so one day he picked me up from work and I was like going over my horrific dating stories here in New York. And I'm just like, you know, telling him, I'm telling him all these traumatic experiences and he's just like laughing. I'm like, man, this is what friendship is? Wow. And um, he's like, you need a show. That was like a show. He's like, yeah, you just, you need a show to like show that real things happen to real people. So we came up with doing this podcast. We call it Cognac and Chemistry. And um, such a good name. (laughs) It's to show the balance of your professional and your social life. Like, yeah, you could be killing it at work and your personal life could be a shambles or it could be the reverse. Your work life could be a shambles and your personal life is going great. Um, So we just, you know, talk about all types of topics from what did you do at work today to what you ate for dinner? This coworker did this to me, something in the news, anything, COVID. It's cool. It's a really good, it's a really good idea to like show that scientists are like well-rounded people. <laughs> like we have social lives and stuff too. It's crazy. Right, normal. Right. That's, that's, I think that's one of the things that I like the most, especially now being a scientist. I just like showing that, you know, not everybody is wearing, gla- I do wear glasses, but not everybody's wearing those big old, <laughs> those, those, those big old glasses. And like, they're talking with like, their nose is stuffed up and they secrete mucus for a living. And they can <laughs> recite everything. They can recite everything off the dictionary and things like that. Like not every scientist looks like that. Like, you know, that one look that they always paint a scientist to look like, like, no. Yeah, it's like an old white dude, right? Right. Like, no, like we're young. Half of us are under 30. We have afros. We have locks. We have big eyes, big lips. We wear hoop earrings. Like I can wear Jordans and I can wear heels. Like it's it's such a thing to try to break the, (laughs) right. It's such a thing to try to break the stereotype of what a scientist looks like. And even as a woman in science, like I know they say that science is a male dominated field, but honestly, I have worked with way more women at any company I've been in than I have a man. There's always been like one guy and six ladies on the team, always. So it's just like, you know, now it's time to step that up and like put it out there like, yeah, we're here type of thing. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think in particular, like in the job that I'm in now, it's like overwhelmingly female. I think that might be like at least 75% women in our, like in our department. But the thing that, always like gets me it's not like it's not women in science it's white women in science like it there's never a like a diversity with like ethnicity that always seems to be more white women than anybody else and I say that as a white woman (laughs) I've definitely have had my fair share of being the only black person anywhere like usually and if I were to see someone else they would be in like a completely different department like finance or you know something like that actually this company that I work for now is the first time I've ever had a black supervisor that was a woman oh that's really good yeah and she's actually the director of science that's so good yeah she went to school with my best friend which happens to be across the street from my college so it was interesting (laughs) 
And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, you know, it's just stuff like that. So like in, it would, that itself was just like, man, okay, maybe I do really need to work here because when am I going to find this again? I don't even know. And sometimes it's rewarding to be the only person because it's like, man, I get to show out. And at other times it's just like, man, why is, why is nobody else here? Like, why, why is it, why is it, why is it like that? Like kind of thing. So, and even I'm probably like the unicorn in a lot of my friend groups. And I say unicorn in a professional manner um, because <laughs> I have, I have met so many people where they're like, you know, you have those typical conversations of, well, what do you do for work? And blah, 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 blah. blah. And then the minute I say I'm a chemist, it's like, world stop. You're what? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's just like, you know, I, I've met so many people where they've never even met a scientist, let alone a Black woman scientist, and you Black like me. So it's just like, man, what, what happened between us? Like, how did that happen type of thing? And then it goes yeah. back to when we were talking about seeing these things when we were little. I can probably count on one hand how many black women scientists I've ever seen in my life and one of them was a science teacher in my elementary school yeah that impact is massive isn't it like so you saw them and you're like hmm maybe maybe that could be me like yeah right and then you know it's like like I said my grandma was a nurse I didn't even know many black doctors or anybody in the medical profession and I, I mean, I probably did, but I was young and didn't really pay attention to it because you probably were in my immediate circle. So it was just like, oh, OK, you know, whatever. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, both my grandmothers were nurses and they were really good nurses kind of thing. And then you, know, you start to dig a little deeper and then you find out more about your family. And I have like a boatload of family members in past generations that were in medical fields and, you know, doing things like that. So I can understand why it's in me I will say that I am the first scientist in my family thus far hopefully that'll change I've been trying to get all the little cousins like to you know she want to pick science like I know you want to pick science and they're just looking at me like yeah please <laughs> oh, right they're like yeah please oh, but yeah so but I, I am definitely the first scientist in my family and it's just you know I'm the first of a lot of things and it, it's just it's just wild that like we don't have an impact as of yet, like we're making one, but it's just, you know, the fact that you still have the shock factor when people find out what you do. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget. I went on a date once with this guy and we were talking and actually it was with the guy, but it wasn't the guy I was on the date with. It was his friend. And it was so weird that his friend was there, but it was just so weird. And, you know, everybody's talking about what they do for work. And at the time I worked at a color lab. So I was working on a, color matches for like different candle companies so if you ever see like bath and body works and yankee candle i worked on a few of those oh, things that's so cool yeah i didn't even realize that was a job that sounds like a really cool job yeah yeah you, you'd be surprised <laughs> at how science can take you different places and um the the friend he asks me what i do for work so i'm telling him what i'm doing at the time and he's just like what for first he was like wow that's that's really cool so i'm like thank you and then he's like you don't think you're being too ambitious I was like, oh, I, what? I was like, what? What? Excuse oh. you, sir. No. I'm like, too, like, I'm like, too what? And he's just like, you know, you don't think you're just doing a little bit more than what a woman should do? And I was like, well, what oh, exactly oh, is it that? Get out of town. Uh, no. 
I was like, what exactly is it that a woman should do? Because at this point, I feel like you're just mad you can't do what I do. <laughs> and then he, he was just looking at me. And I'm just like, so what is it? Because I got this in the bag. I don't know about you, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm solid in what I do. So I don't know. So it's just things like that. Jeez, like, ugh, yeah, I know. So, so ugh. anyway, <laughs> but it's just, you know, those, it's always those, a small group of people that just feel like, you know, you're doing too much or you shouldn't be here. Um, and you even encounter them at work. So back to the premise of the podcast, it was just like different stories of our lives. Like, you know, we, I even had an episode where, like I said previously, my best friends and I, I met all of them in all except one in this research science program. So all of my best friends are some type of STEM professional, whether it's a computer scientist, a biologist, a PA, a medical assistant, a nurse, something. We are all some type of STEM professional. And we did an episode where it was Black women in their professional field and how People like to see you do the work and take the credit for the work that you did. But if I step away from this bench, you cannot do what I did. And that's the problem. It's so like, it's so enraging. Like, let you, like give you the credit. Right. And this is, it's just like, now we have to break all these stigmas, all these stereotypes and just put your foot down that you belong in this field. Even Dealing with COVID, I know you guys don't want to talk about COVID so so much. But <laughs> That's all right, you're good. Doctor, but <laughs> Dr. Kizzy is a Black woman who yeah. basically pioneered the vaccine creation type of thing. And it's like, you would think that she would be on the cover of everything. Yeah. It would be her face you see in the news. But the face that you see the most is Dr. Fauci. Yeah, that's true, actually. and the. So Mattel, like the toy brand, like the Barbie makers, they created this like line of, well, I thought it was going to be like a line that was sold in shops, but then someone DM me on Instagram and they were like, no, it's just like a one-off thing. But it was, they basically made like a line of scientists and like STEM women in Barbie. Kizzy wasn't one of them. And I was like, what are you doing? Like there's a, so they had a, like a doctor from Canada and they had a, um, one of the vaccine people that was involved in the UK vaccine rollout, but mm-hmm. not her. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, you missed such an opportunity here. <laughs> like, Did they even have the uh, women from the Hidden Figures movie? I think that was like a different thing a while ago, but this okay. was like a, like super recent. It was in like the last couple of weeks. And I think they had one black woman in the lineup, but it was like eight, eight Barbies and one oh, black wow. woman. Oh, wow. It's so crazy because actually one of them just died recently, um, Catherine Johnson. I want to say it was yeah. last, somewhere in the last two years she passed. And uh, it's just, you know, it took this movie to come out for people to know what really happened, like the real story type of thing. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, that was something I learned in school. And on my own, like with my own research type of thing, but it's also I feel like I wouldn't have learned it that if I didn't go to a historically black college, I would have never known. Yeah, kind of thing. So it's just it's just stuff like that. Like now it's time to just be like, you know what? This is what a scientist looks like, and I use that hashtag on Instagram and in Twitter all the time. Like this is what we look like too, and that just should go for women across the board, not just black women, but women period because there's women in stem fields doing amazing things that nobody 
wants to talk about because you're a woman. Yeah, 100%. What you mentioned about like going to a historically black college as well is really important because obviously, well, I say obviously, but it's not. And in the UK, we don't have that. We don't have like colleges or universities that are like historically black and have that culture like embedded within them. So often there's like initiatives trying to get like underrepresented groups into debt into various parts of you know the academic system right but even then it's like when they get there they, they still come across all of these barriers that they always would have come across anyway like right so Stormzy has has put together loads of like scholarships and stuff for black kids from like urban areas in London and things struggling schools basically to get these kids out of poverty and into Cambridge and like into really good education and stuff and he's paying for all of their scholarships and stuff as they go through but I read an article a couple of weeks ago from one of them that was saying like yeah but we still you're still like a minority like he's not going to be able to fund half of half of like these towns like to go to a certain university there's still like eight of us in a class of however many hundred right and it's it's super important that you've like you've had that and you've been able to have that history and stuff embedded because we definitely I was I was never taught about Catherine Johnson at school ever and even like Henrietta Lacks was never mentioned in my undergrad degree right right loads of the people that were in that system were using healer cells and she was just never mentioned and you're like what like when you eventually learn about it and you're just like this is this is like a major thing (laughs) how is no one how is no one like taught this how is it not part of the curriculum it should be like a science um history module you know first year everybody just learns about this yeah you you should and even just like going through like this is how we've got to where we are because of the sacrifices and the work of of all of these different groups of people rather than it being like hey so these two white dudes found dna and you're like did they though they didn't did they They went and stole her tissue that's what they found but they won't teach you it that (laughs) way they found her lab book Right. And even, and even like um, Henrietta Lacks, like I think her family literally just got a settlement for yeah. their grievances of what they did. So this is this is yeah. still like it's something still happening. And on top of all the other problems that are going on in this world right now, like you just like you just add that as the icing on the cake. Like I can't get a fair shot. I can't get equal pay. You don't trust me to do this type of project because of the way I look. I distract you because you just can't keep yourself composed enough to do work. Like, because <laughs> yeah, I'm too pretty, like Jesus. <laughs> right. All these distractions and excuses just to keep the woman down. And it's just like, why? What, what is the reason? It's crazy. And even like, even so I'd made like a Henrietta Lacks pin that I sell in the shop now. And when I was making it, I was like, all right, I'm going to get in touch with, the Henrietta Lacks Foundation because I don't want to do this without their consent because like surely that's just going against everything that we're trying to get over so I'd messaged them and they were so like supportive and yeah oh my god that'd be amazing and like they were amazing so I'd said to them is there anything you want to change about the pin like the color of it or anything and they came back and they were like oh Henrietta's favorite color was red can you make the like the background red just so there's some like symbolism there so I did that and that was all cool and I said I'm gonna you know donate a pound from every pin sale to back to the foundation and then I had to like write them this really official letter and say look this is the this is when the donations can cut can start coming in this is you know I will send them to you because there's been so many people basically like riding on the back of the foundation like having their 
like I guess engagement and like approval and then not donating the funds back to them I'm like what are you doing like what is wrong with these people awful like using that as a as a way of like selling stuff and then not giving anything back it's just like what are you I hate people I say this like every episode I hate people (laughs) oh I say I hate people all the time (laughs) that sounds like the red cross to me uh because they're famous for collecting money and not giving it to the groups that it's supposed to be given to so yes it's a thing so many issues man people are just trash left right and center but there are good ones we have you oh thank you so much you guys are great too yeah we're just trying to get the word out about like good scientists and what scientists look like and how they get to where they are so that we can try and like I guess push people into thinking like anyone can be a scientist because I think that's what's missing at the minute and like people just think oh like you have to be this like standard textbook nerd at school I don't know any scientist really that was that at school all right okay I was probably a little nerd back then you know I I was the teacher's head and I was always with my head in a textbook or something like that I was probably like that when I was younger but I was also just you know just a good kid and and now that I'm you know older and I can no, I know more about myself and come into my own form of who I want to be as an adult type of thing. It's just like, yeah, I could go run this experiment in the lab and I will see you at happy hour in like three hours. It's fine. Like, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yes, like, that is that's the energy right? Like, it's fine. Like, I'm going to be like this at work, but when I step outside, I'm going to look completely different. He's going to be like, whoa, who is this? It happens. Like, I... <laughs> I'll be at work changing like into something to go out and then everybody with this people can be like, who, who's this girl? <laughs> like, who, who, who is this? Who's who walking out the bathroom? We hired you? Like, yeah, you hired me. Yeah, and you already did and you can't take it back. Let's go. <laughs> I love to show the duality and being a scientist and just, you know, being chill. Like, it's a great time. I love it here. It's fun. It's like, it's a job. It's a job. It doesn't need to be like a whole different. And that's another thing. Like people, people think because, you know, you're not blood, sweat and tears. First of all, I've read so many horror stories, especially on Twitter, about how people have been crying after work hours and in their labs, just breaking down and things like that. And there was a point where I was kind of like that. But then it's like, you know what? If you are good at what you do, you should never have to feel like you're slack like no one you work for or work with should ever have to make you feel that way and that's another thing you need to change too because like why is someone breaking down in their lab and then you expect them to go perform five hours later what what is the purpose of this like how are you making sure yeah, that no. not only are your scientists getting the work done but they're taken care of both physically mentally and emotionally yeah, 100%. And like normalizing mental health days. I remember the first time that I met, that I emailed my current boss and was like, I'm taking a mental health day. And I sent him like a screenshot of a like a <laughs> movie clip. I was like, this is what a mental health day is. And he was like, okay, great, cool. That's fine. See you later. Like there was no issue. I was like, this is insane. Like I've never had a boss who would have accepted that and like been okay with it. And having that is, it makes such a massive difference to like how you perform, how happy you are, like how solid your mental state is so that when you go into work, like you can just get on with the job and be fine with it. You don't need to work extra hours because you're not being paid for it. Like you work your paid hours and then you go home. Right. The era of being overworked and underpaid is over and I will never go back. I have seen the light and I will never go back. And 
I tell everybody that I come in contact with, listen, if it doesn't bring you peace, you don't need it in your life. That's what I live by. So now if you disturb any type of my peace, it just can't be. Even if it's work, like if it's going to disturb my peace, I'm not doing it. I'm going to tell you no, give it to someone else. Is that going to be your like your top tip? Your like your pearl of wisdom for other people? Like don't let it disturb your peace. Yes, don't let it disturb your peace and fight for yourself. Advocate for yourself because you have to start knowing your worth. And I know it's taken me 20 years, 28 years of life to do that but you have to start knowing your worth. Otherwise, people are just going to walk all over you like you were doing that. And you're not. So you got to just start fighting for yourself. And I always tell people, like I said, don't be like me, be better. So now if it doesn't bring you peace, let it go. Be better than me and fight for yourself. We could have like a whole quote, but honestly, from this book. Yeah, I know, right? You are just like <laughs> spinning these out. <laughs> wow. Just like, man, I'm coming out of this like empowered. Like, let's do this. I feel like I'm set out to do. If I do nothing else in the science world, there's no big discovery behind my name or something like that. One thing I'm going to pride myself on in my legacy is my advocacy for people, women in STEM. I mean, yes, people overall, but for women in STEM, because we deserve a place here just like anybody else. We sure do. I think that's a really good point to finish on because now I'm feeling like pumped. I'm going to go get loads of work done. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, let's do this. (laughs) So we always give everyone like a chance to plug whatever you want at the end. Um, So like your social media, your podcast links, that kind of thing. Are you on Twitter, Instagram? What are your, what are your links? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. So okay. I'm on Twitter at blow the whittle. Uh, That's B-L-O-W-T-H-E-W-H-I-T-T-L-E kind of like a word play on the song blow the whistle you know like that um i <laughs> i want instagram at key ki underscore the chemist my podcast page is cognac and chemistry pod oh i also run a blog slash instagram page that highlights black owned businesses everywhere it's called the key directory um so you'll find all of that information in my bio um, I'm hopefully turning that into an app soon. So that'll be easier to do. And yeah. Amazing. Right, well, we'll put all of those links in the show notes. So if you want to find out more about what Kiara is doing, go and support her, buy stuff from that new app when it comes out and go listen to her podcast too. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We love talking to you. You are the best. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is great. This is great. I can't wait. <laughs>